Welcome to Live Life Better from Virgin. I'm Melissa Hemsley, and in this series, we've been exploring sound, sight, smell, taste, and touch to find out how we can harness our senses to enrich our lives. Today, though, I want to talk about the mysterious sixth sense, what's often referred to as gut instincts or our intuition. I'm very excited to be in the studio today, joined by Dr. Tara Swart, a neuroscientist whose new book is putting the science behind the thinking it will happen law of attraction philosophy. Hello. Hello, I was about to say hello, doctor. And then I felt nervous. (laughs) Hello, Dr. Tara. (laughs) Welcome. Trust me. I'm a doctor. Trust me. I feel totally in a trusted safe space today. And with us is Amy Thompson. She's the co-founder behind the breakthrough app Moody Month. I absolutely love it, by the way. It allows women to track their hormonal cycles and embrace their moods. Yes. Thank you, Amy, for coming on. Pleasure. And coming up, I'll be getting my tarot cards read by Psychic to the Stars, Jane Wallace. Okay, let's kick it off. Tara and Amy. The first thing I want to just talk through is, you know, this we've gone through all the senses. This is the one I've been most excited about. I say this to every episode. I say this is the one I'm most excited about. But truly, the sixth sense, it is the one I feel is, you know, I said before, mysterious, under-talked about, but one I massively value. I think I think I massively value it. So let's talk about what it is. I'll start with you, Dr. Tara. Should I call you Dr. Tara? You can call me Dr. Tara. I like it. So that's really interesting because I've always thought that it's so undervalued. And of all the different ways that we have of thinking, and in the book, I've whittled it down to six. That's one of them. So I talk about master your emotions, know yourself, which is a different sixth sense that I think Amy might be talking about, which is the physiological state of the inside of your body. Trust your gut, which is the intuition one that we're going to talk about today, and then make good decisions, stay resilient and create your life. So of those... Logic is massively overrated in our society and emotions and intuition, not so much. But the fact that you really value it, I really value it, I'm guessing Amy really does, says quite a lot. Well, actually, I talk about it sometimes in terms of the era of emotional intelligence, so EQ over IQ. And it's kind of interesting because it's often very gendered towards women because this idea that actually your emotional intelligence comes as an intuition, but also it's been very kind of looked down upon to be emotional for a really long time and logic and kind of the mathematical structures of the world have been seen as this kind of value. And now suddenly there's a shift towards actually... The more emotionally intelligent you are, the more able to be able to connect to people, the kind of more you understand your emotions, the more actually that's a currency almost for success. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of quite an exciting time and certainly something quite exciting to think about in in two different senses. So, Mm. yeah. Science wise, what emphasis do they put on the sixth sense? I mean, is it called the sixth sense? Do they call it that? You literally read my mind because I was actually just thinking as Amy was speaking that when I was at university, which is a terribly long time ago, Because we didn't have the scanners that could look at the brain and the body, we didn't have any evidence for intuition whatsoever. So it wasn't called anything because it wasn't talked about. Now, we can see that there's a massive connection between the nerves in our guts and the limbic system of the brain, which is the emotional, intuitive part of the brain. And that's given a lot of credence to this sixth sense. Mm -hmm. Mm. And so do you think doctors learning now, do you think it will be a module? I think what it's called now in in something like medicine is judgment, judgment and decisiveness. But where's that coming from? We still would prefer to say that it's based on facts and data, whereas I really don't think it is. I really think it's on wisdom and experience. Mm. It's difficult, though, isn't it? Because also you've got this idea that actually 
if you can't see something and describing a feeling is very variable. So lots of feelings and emotions are very difficult to kind of explain in scientific terms because they're not measurable against someone else's experience of it in a very literal way. So I think that's the other kind of slightly, Mm. uh, I guess, gray area for a lot of the way that kind of science can report on this kind of sense is that actually what is the kind of starting point it's the same when people talk about happiness and like how you measure happiness it's a very difficult thing you have to quantify something as a starting point to be able to then measure it in any real way right although you have reminded me that when i was learning pediatrics they said to us if the mother comes in and says there's something wrong with the baby keep going until you find it do not say yeah we've looked and there isn't anything Mom so that's knows. yeah we had this uh, fascinating man called Sam Bompus. He's a sensory event specialist. And he did a sort of um, whirlwind tour of the senses and he had all these fun facts. And the one I really remember is he said that our gut has more brain cells, more brain receptors, right, than than the brain of a cat. Our gut, our gut is full of them. Is that right? So there's more nerve receptors in the gut than a cat has in its entire brain. And in humans, a staggering 90% of serotonin, the happy hormone, is produced in the gut. Get connected to that gut then. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because you start to see it in the way that things become mainstream in terms of topic. Because I find that, and this is certainly one of the reasons behind some of the stuff that we did with Moody was, you know, you, your experiences of something are much more prominent and real than actually sometimes the science behind it. Because really science is kind of biased to where you get funding from in some respects. So there is almost trends in anything. And so when you see this kind of rise of people talking about their gut and talking about the experiences of the moods and all and their hormones as well being a huge kind of trend as well at the moment, where suddenly people are saying, oh, yeah, I experienced that too. And suddenly you start to go from these kind of quite abstract kind of qualitative um, facts and information to suddenly being backed up by all these different people saying that's exactly the same experience I have and Mm. then suddenly that becomes a trend and then it gets more research and it's interesting how those cycles kind of happen. And there's a big one at the moment with if you take a good quality probiotic for a month you have less negative thinking showing again that mind-gut connection and would you say you've had that experience? Yeah, 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 100%. Has anyone got any key moments to share when they've listened to their gut? And success, happiness, joy, book deals have landed in their their lap. I mean, so for example, your book, Open Your Mind, The Source, Open Your Mind, Change Your Life. You're obviously an incredibly busy person. Did you use your gut when it came to the book? Absolutely. I mean, I had only ever written with other people. And I did have this niggle that I didn't know if I could write a book by myself, but I wanted to. And one of my mentors, and I think mentors are really important to that gut instinct too because they help you to bring that out and trust in it professor baroness susan greenfield had said to me one day you will wake up and there will be a book that you cannot help but write about wait till then and i was a neuroscientist in residence at corinthia hotel the md of ebury saw the article in the press and came to me with a really good idea which was you're a neuroscientist we've had books on diet exercise mindfulness we think you could bring them all together and I said, I could do that, but I have another idea of something I really want to write I about. I love it. And that's how it started. And going back to Gut Instinct again, I looked at Joel and I thought, I really want to write this book with you. And that was a gut thing, totally. And in love as well, you, d- you dedicate your book to your partner. Do you feel like, you know, outside of your work, the, the same thing, if you don't mind me asking about yeah. love and, you know... I would say my biggest example personally and amongst my closest friends 
is when you don't listen to your gut instinct when you should leave a relationship. Yeah. And that's why I talk about journaling. I mean, you were saying you never write anything on paper anymore, Amy, but you can journal, you know, yeah. te te with technology or in paper. If you write down the stories of decisions that you made where logic said one thing and gut instinct said the other, I always look back and I've learned that I should go with my gut. Yeah. I also think it comes down to accountability. And I always think that whenever I listen or I don't listen to my instincts, I look back and you're right. And I don't feel accountable for the decision that I made in some way. I felt like I was led. Whereas I think there is something in if you go with something that feels intuitively the right decision and something doesn't work out for whatever reason, you also feel as though you've learned a lesson that you were meant to learn as well. So it's kind of win-win. Absolutely. <laughs> I love respect. a win-win situation. I mean, always. Who doesn't? <laughs> and then we are women around the table right now, but women's intuition as opposed to men's intuition. I mean, are we more in touch? I think it's a sociological thing. I think that we're kind of trained, we've been trained for a really long time to, and this is why Moody's called Moody, right? Is that actually every woman on the planet has been called Moody at some point in her life, more often than not connected to her hormone cycle and connected to her period in some way. And so actually we've been kind of put down for a really long time because of it, but forced to connect with it. And also in some respects, that's the beauty of having a period is that you have this monthly cycle, you're forced to tune in to like when your emotions are going to be starting and stopping. It gives you a barometer. Whereas for, for men, I think, you know, age changes, environmental changes, you know, they get the same kind of fluctuations, you know, obviously their emotional intelligence is, I, again, this is my own personal opinion really more than anything right now, but I think you train your brain to in tune to your instincts and your moods and your emotions in any way. And the more that you understand them, the more you can put words around them and you can see the patterns of them, the better you are at articulating them. Everyone has the ability to do that. Mm. But I do think that women have been kind of forced historically to to kind of fine tune that because of the experiences that we have and the, the way that we're set up in society. And what about, what do we say to anyone listening? If they can't connect with their gut instinct, if, if they feel like they're not feeling those feelers, and then what about people that have listened to their gut and then realise that it's not help, not help them progress and actually they then completely don't trust them, which is what a few of my friends I know feel. What's your advice on helping people reconnect and, and trust themselves? So talking about those two sorts of gut instinct, the one which is understanding the physiological state of the inside of your body and one which is accessing your wisdom and intuition, because they're connected, you can actually start by doing meditations like a body scan to get more used to your body, what it's telling you. And like with children, how, how do children know when they're hungry or when they need to go to the loo? It's accessing that kind of really basic thing. For instance, can you tell a couple of days before you're going to get a cold? Do you have yes. these? Yes, exactly. So these are things that we all have and do, but we don't appreciate. And then, like I said, I do think that journaling is a really good way of building it up. If you have, like we all have, made some disastrous decisions based on your gut instinct, then have that group of friends and mentors around you that can help you when you need to make a decision like that and you can't trust yourself anymore. And like Amy said... You can train your brain. All of us can train our brains to build up our emotional intelligence, our intuition, our understanding of our bodies. So it's just a, a life's work in progress. The way you called it, you know, it's your own wisdom. That's a really lovely, comforting thought, I think. It, it is there. It is, and it is a work yeah, in progress. It is a work in progress. And I want, I want to just imagine that you, you don't have it all sorted out, do you, Dr. Tara? No one does. <laughs> 
But that that's the thing about if you're getting it right all the time, you're never really learning from what your gut could then tell you in the future as well. And I, I think that's one of the reasons within the app we built in memoing. So you can voice memo and text memo and you can kind of you can journal in the in the app, which builds up a kind of picture of all the different feelings and thoughts and things that you had, as long with kind of logging your mood. <laughs> and do you know what? It came from, again, a very personal place because some of the worst decisions and the worst leading on my gut I've ever had is with boys. And so <laughs> being able to like look back and be like, because you, you lead with your gut, but also the minute that you lead with your heart and your head and you've got all this different. So I think in in love, I don't know whether I'm oversharing and TMI. No, keep it going. Way. She's got a really <laughs> cheeky expression on her face as well. Well, actually, this is perfect. Can we? Can you tell us? If anyone's listening now, hopefully you are downloading Moody Month right now. So just tell us, Amy, because also I I know Amy. Oh, here's an example of my gut. I moved into an area and four different sets of friendship groups and work colleagues said to me, you need to meet a girl, a lady called, I guess we're getting old and we have to say lady now. I like saying (laughs) girls and boys. A lady called Amy. And I was moving into a wreck and I didn't even have a table, a cooker, a toilet working or anything. And you texted me and said, I'm coming over with some sushi and my dog. And you came over and no one had been in my house then. And I thought my boyfriend was like, why is there a random person coming over? We need to be doing stuff. And I just thought, I really feel like I need to meet this woman. And we just got on like a house on fire and you, and I will let you then now tell the story, but you were making some massive changes and you totally inspired me to actually make a really brave, scary decision as well. So over to you, Amy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's so true. And it was, it was kind of gut instinct as well on my part, because I think, what was happening was I was selling um, the business that I started and it was I was really young when I started the agency and it just was a time in my life where I realised that actually I needed to make this decision. I'd also gone through quite a big breakup. I was kind of literally like fire and burn everything in my life and then suddenly the rationale behind it was that my periods had stopped totally. It was the right decision because actually what I realized was that there was no technology that existed for women to understand the cycles of their hormones because I didn't know at the time, and I tell the story a lot, that actually the reason that my periods had stopped had been because of cortisol, because of stress, because of my lifestyle and because of the experiences that I was putting all the stresses that I was putting myself under and it wasn't until that moment that I realized that I needed to kind of completely transform what I was doing but also it felt like and my gut was telling me I need to follow this and then yeah when I turned up at your house with sushi it was like this kind of point in my life where there were all these people telling me to do things and I was just following every lead because there was just no I was in a position where I had nothing to lose really and people and friends were really really important so anyone at that point that was like you need to meet this person because they're going to make you feel good and they're going to help you to your point about kind of that network i find spending time with women very very nourishing for many many reasons but coming back to what you were saying and your book now i'm 33 going on 34 i've definitely had periods of my life when i felt very disconnected to myself the more i pay attention to the way i feel the more i realize how much i've been overriding because you said you know do you know when you're feeling sick and i think to myself when was the last time i felt a sickness coming on and the number of times I've tried to override it and ended up in a bit of a disaster zone Mm. we're just trying to be strong and uh, I don't know override nature somehow I think the answer is really in, in what Amy said which is that it's stress and when you're stressed your brain systems all get biased and you think that you have to be superwoman and do everything and that you can keep going and you won't actually fall over one day you know and burn out we sort of are just on this crazy survival thing. And I think that's the important distinction about gut instinct. I 
it's words really but I try to separate intuition and gut instinct yes intuition is wisdom that we've laid down throughout our life through our experiences and through shared experiences you know older sisters moms etc gut instinct can be a shortcut that your brain takes to try to help you to survive and sometimes that can be counterproductive so even though we've evolved so much since we lived in caves, for example, some of those survival instincts are still very, very ingrained into our brains. So we do actually have to override them. So when you think I can do one more podcast and then I can have a rest at the weekend, but really you should be saying I need today off if I'm going to be more productive for the, you know, the next week. It's it's getting to know your own resources, isn't it? Energy, your confidence. The, and sometimes I feel like when something does go well, I actually then feel this massive crash energy-wise because I've I, I don't know what what's that all about. What can I learn from that? Should I reflect and stop even when things are going well, as opposed to just stopping when things feel bad? Yeah, absolutely. So this there is a bit of a gender split on this, but just like Amy said, it's all gender studies are based on population norms. So you might be different, you know, and there might be men that are more well, there absolutely are men that are more emotionally intelligent than women, and vice versa. So it tends to be that in a short-term thing like an interview or a meeting, men's bodies are better geared to have that fight and then they have to crash afterwards. We as women tend to be better at maintaining resilience through long periods of stress because we find ways to recoup it throughout the stressful period. But, for example, there are studies that show women who do yoga three times a week have better resilience to stress than women that don't. So you've got to be doing the right things to keep yourself going. You can't just keep going and then think there's not going to be a consequence to that. Yeah. And and that's, I think, also what you start to learn is your triggers and what are the things that really are indicators that stuff isn't quite right. And, you know, for me, it was literally, I, I, my brain was still going, but the fact that my period stopped and the fact that my body started to really, like, show signs of kind of things that were kind of completely abnormal to to what my norms were but you're right like there's that kind of this sense that there's a propensity to be able to maintain over a sustained period of time but also only with the right parameters and the right self-care and the right organization around it it feels that's certainly what's been kind of prevalent from what we've been finding from some of the data as well the the women that are using the app that are organizing their lives around the times where for example when your estrogen is lower towards the end of your month, giving yourself more respite then, like using your cycle to help organize and actually not push yourself so much consistently throughout the month because it's the same with exercise. You know, there's certain points in the month where hormonally you're gonna, your pain thresholds are going to be higher so you can push yourself a bit more in the gym. Whereas towards the end of your cycle, it's actually much more dangerous and you're kind of actually pushing yourself in a position where you're you don't have the energy and you could end up causing yourself more stress than actually helping your helping your body so it's so again there's so many different ways you can organize around that as well okay so that's something that people might not be aware of and that's where what you know how you're educating people is so important but one that i think we're all more aware of is have you ever tried having a bikini wax when you've got your period? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we know this, so don't we? I mean, anyone well. that has had a bikini so wax knows that. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so much more painful. Yeah. I'm, actually can, I'm actually transported right there to that now. And, and what about men? I mean, we should probably talk about men too. I mean, do they have periods of the month where their uh, pain threshold is, is heightened? 
there's loads of studies to show that kind of men have daily hormonal cycles. And, you know, what one of the things we're looking at actually is the reason we have so much science behind the kind of menstrual cycle is because of the contraceptive. And because the contraceptive is a $33 billion industry that's been kind of researched for the last, you know, 40, 50 years, that has meant that there's a huge amount of science to understand it. Whereas the reason that the male contraceptive didn't make it to market was because of mood swings and symptoms. <laughs> oh, not just because the men men weren't to be trusted to use it? No, I mean, it was clinical trials. There were a lot of clinical trials that basically showed that there was kind of far-reaching kind of mood and, and symptom impacts. And, and that's obviously something that when you've taken the contraceptive at any point in your life, which most women have at some stage, know that that's a real thing and know that it has a huge impact, you know, but we're kind of like guinea pigs to just work out which one fits the best. And so, yeah, I think that there's a huge amount of research at the moment and and some understanding already but that men do have obviously hormone cycles but it's just what is the pattern and the you know and the frequency looking at kind of sample cases of daily cycles you know age mm -hmm. location because actually your environment has a huge impact on your kind of hormonal cycles temperature the weather the moon and it's really interesting how dismissive people can be of things like the moon cycle in relevance to your moods, your emotions, because it feels woo-woo or it feels like mystical or spiritual. I think that certainly when you look at kind of the way that the moon cycle works and kind of how like tides and everything that kind of connect to it, I think there's something quite powerful about us understanding if there is more of a relationship between how the moon cycle impacts our cycles and how the moon cycle impacts on our moods. But what we do know is that it impacts on your sleep, right? And no one can be the best version of themselves or connected to anything if they're not getting good sleep. So, <laughs> But yeah, on a kind of spiritual level, I think that it's been a huge part of a huge amount of religious kind of ceremony for a really long time in the same way as the sun has. And I'm really fascinated by that as a kind of way for the future of of how people can kind of understand how they could be connected to something spiritual and something that they feel is real, but also the kind of science behind it as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm obsessed with the, the cycle of the moon right now. So, the yeah. sun. The sun, yeah. I know. My boyfriend and I just had three weeks away together in the sun. We liked each other. <laughs> this month, we don't like each other so much. <laughs> Dr. Tara, as a scientist, do you believe in ghosts and the supernatural? So I think there's this perceived conflict that because I'm a scientist, I shouldn't believe in, I shouldn't be interested in your tarot reading. I shouldn't believe in ghosts. I shouldn't like to have crystals in my home. I believe that you can live with both. So you'll notice in the dedication to my book, I've referred to my husband as my twin flame. And I love where Amy went with the moon cycles, because when I was a psychiatrist, when we had to do nights on call, if it was a full moon, nobody wanted to do it. You were definitely busier on those nights. Now, you could say it's because it was lighter and people didn't sleep as well, but the word lunatic comes from the word lunar. I absolutely do believe in things like ESP, potentially telekinesis, a connection between our minds and even our bodies hormonally. One of my favourite sayings is science fiction is just science that we haven't proven yet. I'm going to get that on a T-shirt. <laughs> That's the best quote I've ever heard. Hang on, I'll tell you what I'm getting on a T-shirt. You're my twin flame. That's the most beautiful thing. It's lovely, yeah. It's, it's really beautiful. Uh, do you know what a twin flame is? No, but I like it. <laughs> I think so, I know what it is. You know, soulmates are, are souls that have uh, gone through different reincarnations and met each other several times. Twin flames are a soul that got so full of love that it split into two. So you're actually like, you were one soul and you split into half. Oh, it's not God, even souls. Isn't it? I know. I'm trying to hold it I together. think I might cry. <laughs> 
I am actually choking up. actually really hormonal today. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. So talking about spirituality, um, I had a very interesting afternoon. I met up with the psychic to the stars, Jane Wallace, and she gave me a tarot reading. Are you excited to see what happens next? Okay, after the break, we'll listen to my tarot reading. Finding happiness in a satisfying and fulfilling career can be a challenge. But when you throw additional barriers into the mix, the idea of job satisfaction can seem like an unattainable goal. Why don't you start by telling me a little bit about the most shameful mistake you've ever made in your life? Shameful mistake? And hold, hold, hold for I asked that yeah. just, to, just to offer a sense of what is effectively the question I'm asked every time I apply for a job. Breaking Barriers is a groundbreaking podcast series. In each episode, two people come together to have an open and frank conversation about barriers in the workplace. One of the individuals holds power in a sought-after industry, and the other is someone struggling to find employment due to barriers. I'm Yasmin Abdelmajid, social advocate, author, and engineer, and I'll be guiding you through each episode. Throughout the series, we will explore all sorts of barriers or perceived barriers, from neurodiversity to the struggle to find work after a prison sentence. I'm so excited to bring you this podcast. I've never heard conversations as open and frank as these about issues that we don't often think about when it comes to finding employment. The whole series is available right now on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you happen to be listening. Breaking Barriers. An original podcast from Virgin. Jane, thank you so much for being here. I've heard loads about you. And you are going to give me a tarot card reading in a bit, aren't you? I am, yes. I've never had one. Super excited. A little bit nervous, but I know I shouldn't be. Why am I nervous? I just think sometimes it's when you connect with energy. So when you kind of go to see someone like me, like clairvoyant and stuff, the client usually gets like almost like a weird feeling in their solar plexus and they channel energy so you'll kind of get that feeling almost buzzy i'm buzzing and i've I've not had a coffee today and i'm buzzing so this is all about senses and this is you know the i think the the one that people are most curious about the sixth sense when did you realize that you were super in tune with the sixth sense since little since little same mind you used to always be aware with the fairies true (laughs) So you have that almost imaginary friend syndrome. So from really, really young, really young. So I always felt intuition, sixth sense. I always used to have like imaginary friends, let's say. Um, Always have like amazing dreams. And then my mum was very spiritual. So I used to talk to her about, oh, I see this person and that person. And she'd explain, oh, they're spirit guides and guardian angels. And so she kind of supported me rather than saying, oh, I've got a daughter that needs to go to church and pray. She was like, well, let's go to the spiritualist church and bring out that gift in you. And she and and what about everyone else? Did did your teachers know or your friends? Was anyone nervous or sceptical or everyone? I mean, you're so you're a ball of sunshine. I mean, I bet (laughs) no one would feel nervous around you. It's fear of the unknown. It's the fear of the unknown. So when you get that gut feeling, your intuition says, don't do it. So what do we do? We do it. And then everything says, oh, I should have listened to my gut. So your gut is basically, I always say, your inner brain. So that is the one that leads you, not this one. 
Yeah. So when your gut says do it, you do it. When it says it don't, don't. Yeah. So every one of us go have that moment of, oh, I've got that feeling of dread, something really bad is going to happen. And then yeah. we all know it happens. Yeah. So it's about listening to the senses, feeling your body, being aware. Like sometimes you'll get goosebumps or chill down your spine. And it's not always that there's a draft. Sometimes it is a loved one or someone from the spirit world that just wants to come through just to say they love you or just to say hello. Yeah. And I guess when people are sceptical, they just, when you say to them, have you ever had that gut feeling? Has has that ever? I mean, I guess everyone just sits there and goes, yes. And it's almost like the answer we've all been waiting for mm. is, especially as the older you get, the more you feel like you should be grown up, the more you can't understand things, the more it can overwhelm you. And actually, when you're a child, you just, you listen more Innocence. to your body. You know exactly, I'm hungry, I need to sleep. Or sometimes you're like, I don't want to sleep, but I need to sleep. And it's just that tapping in, yeah. isn't it? And that's what it is, it's listening to yourself. Yeah, I was going to say, and Psychic Sisters, if anyone wants to follow you, and I'm sure everyone will, at Psychic Sisters, who are the Psychic Sisters? How many of you are there? So there's team 22. So there's 22 all-female team. We're very much about empowering each other and helping other women to become more in touch with their spirituality and with their sixth sense and their intuition. So we're from all walks of life. Some of them are like psychologists. We've got a doctor. We've got different cultures, different personalities. Where do you find each other? They find me and I find them, really. Yeah. So it's almost like weird. We've got some crazy stories about how people come to work for us. Have you ever sort of chatted someone else up on the train? Because we just established we live slightly near each other. So yes, I'm hoping do. to bump into you more on the train. But have you ever just seen anyone on the street and gone, I've got this connection to you and just gone up to them and said... Do sometimes, but I think I've learnt my lesson by that. So going back in the day, yeah, definitely loads of times. Just go, oh, like yesterday we was at a party last night and there was just a lady, she stood beside me and I was like rubbing her back going, I've got your dad and did it. And she's like, oh, I just started crying. But he was so strongly there and I wouldn't normally do it because it was quite a private party and we weren't there working. We were just there celebrating. And yeah, she's just standing there going, oh, I need a tissue. It was funny. Do you have to carry tissues around with you a lot? Oh, we go through oh, how many boxes a week? I don't know. Actually, we've talked about that a lot in this series is this letting go and grief. We all get grief. We've all got grief to look forward to. There's something that, again, thinking back to when you're a child, something that I think needs to be taught at school a little bit about yeah. grief and how to deal with very sad emotions and what to do with them. Uh, it's not just spiritual grief it's physical yeah, grief absolutely. so even if i don't know like you split up with a boyfriend or jobs or bullying and the way the world is nowadays people get grief every day of their lives yes. and i think if you can disperse that and deal with it differently i think it will make people more stronger won't it it will and that's what we're about living life better that's the name of the podcast okay oh my gosh here we go are you up for it? You're ready. So I'm going to get my first tarot reading from Jane Wallace of Psychic Sisters. So actually what's so lovely when we sat, we were having a chat upstairs and then Jane's bought a beautiful scarf and she's unwrapped it like a picnic. Yeah, like a picnic. And I was like, is there some cheese in there, some grapes? <laughs> no, there's her beautiful tarot cards. Right, so what I'm going to do is just going to ask you to shuffle for me, please. Okay. In any kind of, any way? Because I can't actually shuffle, shuffle. You need just, yeah, just yeah. two hands. Not croupier way. Oh, not croupier way. <laughs> oh, like, hang on a minute. They're I've like seen Ocean's Day. Oh, sorry, not like Be that. Gentle, oh, God, sorry. Gentle. Okay, right. Okay, so first things first is <laughs> don't pretend you're on Ocean's 8. Okay, right, right. Sorry, sorry, okay. Is that all right, Jane? Yeah. I shuffle them all right. They're my new deck, so they're really, really <clears> special. So I'm the first person like to have them. Right, okay. So I'm going to just say the first card that I'm drawing out is death card. But everybody is frightened of death because they feel it's physical. To be honest, death is the most amazing card you could ever get because it's transformation 
So it's letting go of the past. It's about moving forward. But with you, it's all about do I travel? Do I go more into the media side and step away from the cookery? So it's about innovation in where you want to go within yourself. And that's just showing me at the moment, I know radio is here, but this is all about TV, but more on the presenting side rather than on the cookery side. Hang on a minute. So can we describe the three cards that went down? So Jane, you said I've got, a, she, she opened up the death card and just taught me through that. What's that one? Because it's up to Six of Cups, which is all about faith. Okay, cool. So it's about you believing in yourself because you don't look in the mirror and feel that person that you come across as. And then this is exciting times, so it's the one of pentacles, which I'm still going to say it's TV. So it's do I go into presenting, there's doorways overseas, this is not about your brand, this is about you. And it's also on the spiritual level, this is your mum's mum, so there's a very, very strong lady standing with you. And that's why I feel you got that, I know, like there's that excitement inside. So you're becoming more in touch with your sixth sense and your intuition. So that's to show me you believe more in those upstairs. Jane, can I just stop you? Sorry to interrupt, just to explain to everyone. So my whole body is vibrating like crazy. Gosh, I'm vibrating. I'm like hot and cold, but more cold than hot. Yeah, it's weird because you feel that energy. <laughs> so that's my, that was the fourth card. Okay, so we've got another card coming out. And what's that one? The high priest. It's your spiritual. So that's your wanting to teach. So it's all about third I do world. Want to teach. Third world is where I'm going. Girls that have been abused sexually, physically, emotionally. Oh my gosh! So I can't believe you just got about that. About getting on a plane and doing a, t- I would say a documentary charity type thing. Where I just got back from Kenya oh, with the well. Fair Trade Foundation. Oh my god! So then it's that. It will be good. So it's embracing life. But your fear is a camera. That's why I'm doing a podcast. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so, if so, if people can't come to you, say they're wherever they are, can they do? Can they? Can Skype that, and telephone. Oh, fantastic! We have to do a lot of Skype because yeah. obviously a lot of our clients are overseas. Yeah. So we do Skype and then we do telephone consultations. But Skype's good because you're sitting almost opposite that person. Exactly. So then you can link into the vibration and then you can work with them on that level. Jane, that was unbelievably amazing I really would recommend that that was definitely something I've never done before and very very eye-opening and heart-opening oh thank you feel very heart-opening thanks Jane thank you Thanks again, Jane. That was very interesting. And I am i was quite nervous about that. I think it's because I'm a control freak. Right, Dr. Tara and Amy, back to you. Uh, what did you think of that? Have you ever had a tarot reading? I love tarot readings. Do you love and I it? actually do them myself. So I taught myself how to do it. It's, it's usually better if you go to somebody really psychic and intuitive. But I think of it as a symbolic, metaphorical thing that allows me to access my intuition. So it ties in perfectly with what we've been talking about. I'd like to talk about your book, Dr. Tara, The Source, Open Your Mind, Change Your Life. Is everyone getting such a nice cover? Is this, yeah. Have I been given a special so one? Good. No, it's really beautiful, isn't it? It's a beautiful book. So if you've ever gone to a bookshop and seen that, I'm going to call it a sciencey book, but you know what I mean. If you if you thought, I, I'm not going to read fiction today, I'm going to really tap in and learn something really important for my life forever, and then being put off by a less than attractive book that you didn't necessarily want because obviously sometimes we do pick books on their covers. This is such a beautiful, beautiful book. Can you tell us about it? So you you mentioned before you've contributed to lots of books and papers, but this is your baby. It's basically the culmination of my cultural heritage, which is Indian, with all of my scientific and medical training. So that presented me with quite a conflict throughout my childhood because I was 
absolutely told about reincarnation and Ayurvedic food and practices as if they were total facts. And then I went off to medical school at the age of 18 and learned a whole set of very, very different things based on different types of evidence. And I decided to specialise in psychiatry, which actually in my culture is not seen as being a proper doctor. So, you know, there are lots of conflicts like all throughout the way and um, really saw people in some terrible, terrible mental states and felt that being in hospital and having tablets wasn't really the full answer to that. So I think that's where things kind of came back together. And I wanted to look at people's environment, what they were eating, doing exercise and finding ways to not let even something like a mental illness, let alone something like divorce or bereavement, be your destiny. Was there a way that you could change your brain pathways to help yourself to get out of those situations, to manage changes that are thrown at you, and also just to make changes in your life? I mean, listening to both of your stories really reminds me of when I made my career change. So I was I was an NHS doctor, but I had a stable salary and you know I could have stayed in that job for the rest of my life. Everybody asks me about this massive risk that I took. But I think that staying in that autopilot kind of life would have been the biggest risk that I ever took. Leaving it was less of a risk than staying in it. But we don't always see it like that when our life's easy. We've met our parents' expectations. So I really thought, with everything I know about neuroscience and medicine and psychiatry and with my sort of interesting cultural background... There's just a lot here that I'd love to share that could help people. And it it really is for everyone. You know, everyone's got a brain. So I always think the more you know about it, the better. But I've just seen too many amazing women lose their confidence, think that they don't deserve the things that we absolutely all deserve. And it's really for them. Oh, I love that. I'm so excited about reading it. I know that. Amy, I can imagine how how many people are going to buy this book for. I have a bit I have a weird thing where I get completely obsessed with books and then I buy it for everyone that I know. Um, <laughs> the best present I always think is a really nice bottle of olive oil and a book that you love and giving it to someone else because I I used to lend books and I'll never do that again because you know your good book's never going to come back to you. You've just recorded the audio book, haven't you? As you were going through it, which bits did you think gosh, that's good? The bit that I read that my voice actually kind of broke when I was doing the audio was about my vision board, the one, the year that my life changed. And I'd been doing vision boards for seven years. They were mostly about work. I'd also come out of a big breakup. And then in 2014, I thought, well, you know, I probably should consider having a relationship again. So I put a tiny little heart on my vision board and the rest was all about work and travel. How tiny was your heart? (laughs) Tiny. (laughs) So needless to say, nothing happened in that department. The following year... I actually really went for it and I put an engagement ring and I hadn't, I was single and I saw this little Tiffany advert. I don't usually use words, but it said joy comes out of the blue. And so that was... Oh, they're good, aren't they? They're 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 really good, I know. (laughs) Selling all the rings. Yeah, I definitely, it just appealed to me. It really was like more metaphorical than, than real. So that was December 2015. I made that vision board. February 2016, I met my now husband on a plane and he proposed to me later that year. So oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. What about people when things are going swimmingly well? It's still great to do a vision board, right? Things can always be better. Well, I love <laughs> I thought you were about to say things can always go bad. And I thought, oh, that's a bit dark. <laughs> things could always go better. I love that. I, well, I, I think it's a list thing. I'm a, I'm a big believer in, like you were saying before, about like 
not just putting it on a board, but understanding what the milestones are and the steps you need to take to get to that achievement. And I think some things are kind of like whenever I do them, I'm kind of always like, right, that's a big thing and that's a smaller thing. Some stuff has like steps that you can take in the interim and then some stuff it's kind of it's going to take you a year to get there, but it's an ambition or you have no idea how you're going to get there, but you're kind of just working towards having a different mindset around it. Right. That's basically exactly how it works. Sorry. If I just... <laughs> Amy, so you're aligned. On fire. Can you get some vision boards on the app? Uh, well, well, the whole um, the evolution in the next like six months. The whole idea is that what you do is you build out your logs, and then you build out your kind of memos, and then the idea is that you start to see the patterns of those different things, so that you can start to organise your life a bit better, which I I found really powerful and really helpful. And we talked about twin flames and soulmates, kindred spirits. I found I thought you were my kindred spirit, Amy, when I met you. But what is it? What is a kin? What is the definition of a kindred spirit? When you know, you know. But what are they? I think it's similar to a soulmate, but it's yeah. not romantic. Yeah. So it's basically in Hindu philosophy, it would be that through reincarnation, you've actually connected with each other before. So you have that feeling that you've known each other for years the first time you meet. Oh, it's so weird. It's so real, isn't it? When you feel that, it's such a strange sensation. And everyone's, ex- I think most people have experienced it at some point in their life where they can't, it's an unexplained emotion, isn't it? And then suddenly you're just, but it's the comfort that you get from mm. just being with someone. My dog, Nellie, who's a five-year-old Staffordshire Bull Terrier, I just see ever since, you know, she was 10 weeks old, I just see an old wise woman in her. And I feel like she is my old sort of grandma. Staffies are like little people zipped up into the body of a yeah, dog. Though. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, right, some tips. Let's just summarise what we spoke about and give some people some some takeaway tips. Okay, Amy, I'm going to turn to you for some ideas for our moods and emotions and hormones. Obviously, you're going to say log into the Moody Map, <laughs> the Moody Month app, the Moody Month app. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But I think even if you are using the app, there's ways in which you can use it, which which help, right? So actually journaling, using the memo section, like cataloging some of the things that you're feeling and then retrospectively looking back and not just cataloging things that feel bad or feel good, actually starting to kind of really identify some of your patterns. Because I think that's the thing for me that was so powerful and, and all the people that we know we're kind of using it in that way or really seeing the kind of benefit of just being able to not beat yourself up about all the stuff which is happening and, and seeing both the patterns which are from a kind of natural perspective in your body, but also the things that you're actually experiencing in the real world because, you know, everything is relative and, and real for, for you and it's important for you to to have that in a, in a space, really. Dr Tara, your last tips for everybody. I would say that... Things like vision boards and visualisation, the laws of attraction, they really do work as long as they're grounded in science and you take positive action. I'd probably have to end by saying, please give the source to someone as a gift that you think needs it. 100%. I mean, I'm literally going to buy so many copies, everyone's getting one. (laughs) You're walking out and going to the bookshop, aren't you? Thank you so much, everyone. Amy. Amy Moody Month, you're amazing. Dr. Tara, incredible. Congratulations and thank thank you you both. Thank Thank you. you. Where can we follow you and find out more, Amy? So everything is Moody Month. So at Moody Month across all channels and Moody Month on web and on the App Store. Fantastic. And Dr. Tara? I'm Tara Swart on Twitter and Dr. Tara Swart on Instagram. Excellent. Thank you so much. And thank you so much again to Jane Wallace for my tarot card reading and your fantastic insights. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at at Psychic Sisters. Love that. 
And very sadly, this means we've come to the end of another great series of Live Life Better. I have enjoyed it so much. Thank you very, very much to you, the listeners out there. I hope you've loved this series even more than the last one. If you'd like to know more about any of the guests in the series, or if you simply want to listen again, head over to virgin.com forward slash podcasts. If you'd like to chat more or leave a review, get involved with the conversation on Twitter at Virgin using the hashtag LiveLifeBetter. Thank you for all your five-star reviews too. That's made us very happy. Live Life Better is a Pixie production for Virgin. Until next time for me, Melissa Hemsley, goodbye. <laughs>